Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rich Eisen Show. Right now. Now, 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 now. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We got to find out what is going on with Odell. What's he looking for? Lamar Jackson. I don't think anybody saw this coming. The Rich Eisen Show. Now, isn't that amazing? At the beginning of the week, I'm like, okay, but at some point by the end of this week, we're going to find out where he's going. Today's guests, NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero, Super Bowl champion Indomitian Sue, senior writer for Sports Illustrated Chris Mannix, and now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, live in Los Angeles, California, here on this Monday of Tax Week uh, here in 2023. Good to see everybody out there on the Roku channel, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show for anybody out there who is listening on Sirius XM Odyssey in this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio network. We say we hope you had a terrific Easter weekend, jam-packed with sports to say the least we've got three folks on this program chris mannix to help us talk about the nba playoffs that is now set we've got uh the nba play-in tournament games all set and we have teams that are going to be playing in the uh, playoffs or the play-in games fighting each other in huddles who knew uh, load management out, anger management in. Who the hell knew that was happening in the final weekend of the NBA regular season? And then, of course, we had a monster piece of NFL news drop on Easter Sunday. Tom Pelissero is going to be joining us in about 18 minutes' time for that. And then Indomitian Sue, who is in Los Angeles, California, for the NFL broadcast boot camp or broadcast uh, workshop that we uh, chatted with Jason Kelsey about on this program on Friday in studio. And Dominican Sue is in studio, and we'll ask him about what happened in the uh, Super Bowl uh, um, when uh, when when he sits in this chair and, of course, whether he's going to keep playing football, what his future is all about. That's going to be joining uh, all of us and along with you here in hour number two of this program. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. What's going on, sir? Rich, I'm alive and well. How are you? Good to see you, DJ Mikey D is and D's nuts. Good to see you. Good morning, Rich. And TJ Jefferson, candles already lit. Candles lit. It's smelling good over here. Let's do this. Fantastic. Let's do this. I start this program with Donovan McNabb. Why would I do such a thing? <laughs> 2010, NFL sure. Network. We were just seven years old and we were still growing as a network. Still growing as a network. I'm sitting at home on an Easter Sunday. Ah, I know where you're going. On an Easter Sunday, and then all of a sudden, my phone lights up. And it's lighting up like crazy. And the phone lines were lighting up at NFL Network as well. Interesting enough, uh, there was nobody home. <laughs> we, we, we weren't a fully functional network to have people working on an Easter Sunday just yet. That all changed after that day. It was on that day Donovan McNabb was traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Washington, at the time, Redskins. This was three days after uh, Andy Reid said he wasn't going anywhere. And guess what? 
That was a big moment, not only in the history of the NFL Network, but the NFL as well. Because believe it or not, back in the uh, aughts and the teens, a lot of folks were still wondering how the NFL would be a year-round sport, how sleepy it might be. What's going to happen on an Easter Sunday? (laughs) To the point where, (laughs) I'll be honest with you, NFL Network wasn't staffed, and there were a couple owners who did call up management saying, why is there canned programming on Easter Sunday? That changed. And once again, Easter Sunday, yesterday, just in the midst of John Rahm winning his second green jacket and beating back all the live players, including Phil Mickelson with a 65 at age 52, and the Minnesota Timberwolves fighting in the huddle, Mason Plumley going after Bones Highland. Why? <laughs> okay, words I've never said before. <laughs> I know. It's like a Mad Lib. In the middle of all this going down in the NBA final Sunday of their regular season, Odell Beckham Jr. decides to sign uh, or come to terms on a new contract. And with all teams, the Baltimore Ravens. So there we go. The Mid-Atlantic making trades again, making deals again on uh, Easter Sunday. And guess what? Odell Beckham Jr., Signs with the Ravens a day before he goes and visits with the Jets in person and the Ravens land Odell Beckham Jr. And I'll say this, it's kind of crazy. The Ravens prevent the Jets from getting Odell for a quarterback that's not there yet to get Odell for a quarterback that's told them in Baltimore, I don't want to play for you anymore. (laughs) That actually happened on Easter Sunday. And everybody's kind of like scratching their heads and go, why? Would Odell do this? Well, it's an incredible contract for somebody who didn't play football last year, who we haven't seen since two Super Bowls ago, coming back from a knee injury. One year. $15 $15 million guaranteed up to $18 million. That is a hefty sum. And you could say, well, it's uh, how, how does Odell turn that money down? That's one way to put it. The other way you're saying is, why would Odell go there if Lamar's not going to be there? And there's got to be some knowledge that Odell has about Lamar and the Ravens that makes him feel comfortable going to Baltimore. And again, $15 million guaranteed, an answer could be, Tyler Huntley is my new best friend when you're getting paid that much money coming off of a knee injury for you to go and prove to everybody you are as great as you were for the Rams and as great as you were for the Giants before you went to Cleveland and disappeared. Does he know anything about Lamar? Well, Lamar put out on his Instagram a screenshot of the two guys talking on FaceTime. And I'm assuming this did happen after the signing. And in case you might be sitting here saying, that's too much money for the Ravens to do this. Worth every penny worth every penny because that FaceTime of Odell talking to Lamar, if it did in fact happen 
after this news broke that Odell personally confirmed by putting his beautiful child in a Ravens uniform on his Instagram (laughs) account. Look at that baby. And in a Lamar jersey, to say the least, perfect communication to Lamar from the Ravens through Odell Beckham Jr. to say, we got you. We got your back. You sign that tender or you come to the table, let's talk. We love you, Lamar. We got you, Odell, in the middle of all this stuff between the two of us. Go sign your offer sheet with Indianapolis if they sign you. Go sign your offer sheet with, I don't know who else is coming. Let's just put it this way. Washington, Terry McLaurin is terrific. But we're putting on the field somebody named Odell Beckham Jr. for you. Sure, we don't know what he's going to be like, but we overspent to get him here. And what other better way to indicate to Lamar that we are changing everything around here, the team that while you became MVP and then became Lamar Jackson, that team being last in receiving yards by wide receivers in three of the past four seasons and us never drafting a Pro Bowl wide receiver ever and receivers never would come to Baltimore despite how great Lamar Jackson is because of the way that we ran our offense and the way that we changed our offense to surround him. We kind of forgot to get those weapons on the outside for you, Lamar. Here is Odell and all fans. We hear you about our lack of receivers. We're getting the best one on the market. That's free. Just costs us Bashadi dollars. That's it. That's it. Hey, we're changing our image. We changed our coordinators, but we're not, despite the tag we applied, which is the way they term it, to Lamar Jackson. We're not changing quarterbacks. Come back, Lamar. There we go. And give him number 13. 13 plus 8 equals 21, which is a winning hand in Las Vegas, which is where the Super Bowl is. Let's go. Look at you, Rich. This is the message the Ravens just sent to Lamar Jackson and the rest of the NFL world on Easter Sunday. Worth every penny already. They just got to get Lamar in the fold. And one great way to put it is to go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. and his 15 million guaranteed, heck of a lot cheaper than 200 some odd million guaranteed. Lamar, come to the table. Let's talk. You know, you went, you went, you you looked around. Nobody signed you. Nobody gave you the offer sheet. We're gonna we're gonna match it anyway. Come on, you got Odell. That's essentially the message. When you come home, the person waiting for you is Odell Beckham Jr. 
And they were able to, on Easter Sunday, communicate this to Lamar Jackson, that they love him, they're ready to support him, they're ready to keep loving him and supporting him in the manner in which he's already become accustomed to or didn't want anymore because of the money conversation. And the money conversation is now, through Odell Beckham Jr., communicated to Lamar how much they want him from somebody not named Bashadi DaCosta or Harbaugh. I think it's a brilliant move. Brilliant move. And my goodness gracious, when do the Ravens go to Cleveland? Let's go. That's going to be lit. That's going to be lit. Hey, look, it's not like they haven't had great receivers before. They've all been older, too. Over the age of 30, Anquan Bolden, Steve Smith Sr. They've th- This has worked for them before, and I hope it works for them again because this, the league's better when, when Odell is crushing it. Loved it. What a great move. Communicate to Lamar. Sign a deal. Let's come to a deal. But you're not the one communicating it. It's Odell Beckham Jr. who communicates it on your behalf. And, and, and Lamar might be like, you paid him but not paid me. Well, let's come to the table and we'll talk about it. We've already communicated to you the 200-some-odd million. It's not coming to you from somebody else. It's not coming to you from somebody else. So let's talk. Let's do it. Rich, this is great and all, but most importantly, what does Meek Mill have to say about all we'll this? We'll find out. <laughs> That's the most well, important. again, this is a way to communicate to Lamar. This is a way to communicate to Lamar. And well, I'm sure Meek Mill called him up and said, hey, did you see who the Ravens just signed? I'm sure all of his friends called him up. You're going, right? You, we're going to see you. 13 plus 8 equals 21 in Las Vegas, right? Let's go. I'm sure that they're not saying that, but they're all calling him up. Did you see what the Ravens did? It's well, we totally saw- changed the tenor of the conversation on the spot. And we, you know what they should do on top of it? They should call uh, the Arizona Cardinals. What, if, what do you need for DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, wow. Keep going. Keep going. Lamar's not going to sign a tender or want to go play with those two guys? With that running game and Roquan Smith coming downhill in the middle of that defense? Get out of here. Won't cost him a one. You could still use your one. Go for it. Absolutely go for it. I know they don't have all their draft choices. They're, they, 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 they've already lost some. But go for it. As they already said, second round pick, they don't have it. Huh. The second round pick was Roquan Smith. That's what DaCosta <laughs> said last week. Sold. Okay, fine. Here we go. Here we go. Great move. Great move. It communicates to their fans, communicates to their quarterback, communicates to the NFL. Let's go. And in terms of talking to the Arizona Cardinals, Adam Schefter said what this morning, Chris Brockman? At least six teams have talked to the Cardinals about moving up to number three. Oh, baby. Makes sense. Makes absolute sense. And one of them has to be has to be the Indianapolis Colts. Just move up one spot. Rip the knob off. Get who you want. Sure looks like we're going to go quarterback, quarterback, quarterback to start the draft. Last time that happened, worked out for the first team, not so much the other two. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. Jury's still out on one of them. And Aaron Rodgers is about to deliver a verdict on the other. Because that's going to happen. Keep speaking it. It's going to happen. <laughs> Just not yet.
So, we're off and running. Absolutely off and running on this show. We'll talk about the Masters, John Rahm holding off the whole live tour, it seems. And there's also an NBA playoffs and a play-in tournament that begins tomorrow with the Heat taking on the Hawks. Love that matchup. Winner of that series takes on this. That game takes on the Celtics. And then it's the Lakers taking on the Timberwolves. Minus Rudy Gobert? Because he threw at Kyle Anderson? What was that? In a huddle? But it's definitely minus Jaden McDaniels, who broke his hand hitting the wall by picking up a second foul in the first quarter of the last game of the regular season that kind of meant nothing. Holy cow. And then the Mavericks pull the plug on their season on Friday. I personally saw the Trailblazers on Saturday here in Los Angeles take on the Clippers with a G League team plus. With all due respect to the guys out there who are battling their asses off. And then that team took on the Warriors who dropped a double nickel on the Trailblazers in the first quarter to wrap up their sixth seed. So it'll be Warriors-Kings, it'll be Clippers-Suns, and it'll be winner of Lakers-Timberwolves versus Memphis. Oh, man. We'll discuss that with Chris Mannix. Chris Brockman, you've got an overreaction Monday that you will unveil before Indomitian Sue walks in studio. Let's do it. 844 rich number to dial here on this busy post-Easter Sunday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Tom Pelissero on what went down with Odell, what is going down with the third overall pick, and so much more when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% 
on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network with the live Roku channel stream, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Joining us once again here on the Rich Eisen Show, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, uh, the one and only Tom Pelissero. How you doing, Tom? Rich, if I can for a second uh, paint you the picture of how uh, we got and then had the Odell Beckham Jr. news Please. yesterday. Go for it. I-, I had been on spring break with my kids in Orlando, uh, did Disney World and all that good stuff. We were at the airport awaiting boarding. And got a text from sources who shall remain nameless saying, check Odell's Instagram. Uh, I've had alerts on for Odell on his Instagram for about 14 months, have clicked on, I'd safely estimate, 3,000 different Instagram stories. I've known basically everything going on in his life, far more than I know about anybody that I actually (laughs) uh, interact with on a daily basis. But because this was tweeted from his kid's Instagram account that's run by Odell and his partner, I uh, did not get the alert, so go there, see the photo of said child in the Lamar jersey, and then begin frantically making calls and texts while my kids are going, Dad, Dad, can we watch this on the plane? I'm like, just one second. Give me a second. And, you know, within five minutes, of course, we have the full numbers on everything on what is a very legit deal there was a lot of speculation about what odell is going to command after this long of a layoff after really playing football on a limited basis going all the way back to 2020 when he tore the acl for the first time but the answer is that the Ravens stepped up 15 million dollars the at least that he's going to make this year most of that in the signing bonus can earn another three million Uh, i know what the incentive levels are they're very reasonable uh he quite possibly will make all 18 million dollars this season and obviously there's a lot of other potential fallout from that and impact on the quarterback that we Uh have to discuss before Odell he's going to make a lot of money this season with a chance to go back to the market next year having proved that he's healthy hopefully playing like the guy he was in the Super Bowl out in LA when he was the best player on the field for a quarter and a half before he retore that ACL and then was out of the game in 2022. And you could all, uh, honestly, uh, Tom, talking about a guy playing for one year to prove to the rest of the league that he can be healthy, you could say that's Lamar Jackson too. And he, uh, in my mind, was no doubt the target uh, audience for this signing of Odell Beckham Jr., and they couldn't have asked for a better way to communicate it to Lamar than to have Odell's beautiful baby dressed in his jersey and the Lamar Jackson number eight right there on the Instagram in a Ravens hat that this is the perfect way for the Ravens to communicate to Lamar to say, come home. And the question is, does Odell know something that we don't about Lamar coming back home to Baltimore. Is that why he signed or it was just the Godfather offer he couldn't refuse? Here's what I can tell you, Rich. The Ravens from start to finish in the process did everything that it took to get Odell Beckham Jr. Not just the contract, but the constant communication. They met out in Arizona when Odell showed up to the, 
league meeting that was out there a couple of weeks ago. The owner, Steve Bishotti, was among those who was communicating with Odell. They obviously stepped up in terms of the contract offer. And Lamar was also in communication with Odell. This was not a situation where Lamar gets the Twitter alerts and uh, (laughs) finds out that Odell is coming. They were talking. Uh, I mean, I, I think that it's fair to say that there was some recruiting going on. And I think that's where a lot got lost that same week. Might have been the same day that Odell showed up. And Lamar putting out that tweet right as John Harbaugh was about to begin speaking to the media, revealing that he had requested a trade back on March 2nd. There is no trade request when the player at the time that he made it on March 2nd was not even franchise tagged yet. He is not under contract. He has a non-exclusive tag. A necessity for getting a trade done will be Lamar working out a contract with a new team. And that's the same thing that he would be doing in the scenario where he signs an offer sheet as a franchise player. Meanwhile, Lamar was still actively negotiating, as our colleague Ian Rappel reported, that same week that he put out those tweets. So this has not been a March 2nd, that was the end, even though Lamar wrote it like, that was the the goodbye, thank you for everything, I'll see you around the way. They were still talking, they were still negotiating. And maybe this is what all part of what Lamar thinks is negotiation in his mind. But to the extent that Lamar's options are limited to either he signs an offer sheet or or works out a deal. Let's put it that way. He works out a contract with a new team or he goes back to Baltimore and does a contract with them or plays on the tag. Those are really the scenarios. Obviously there's the, the holdout, not around scenario, but Lamar showed up the last two years on contracts that on a contract that no agent would have had him going out there as a former NFL MVP and playing on. He's still actively engaged and involved and talking to Odell. It's not like Lamar can call Odell a few months from now and go, Hey, I'm actually going to this team. You should come like, no, that's over. Lamar's going to Baltimore or excuse me. uh, Odell's going to Baltimore. Lamar was an active participant in that. So that's a long way of saying rich. I don't know that it is. Odell knows something we don't in terms of Lamar has told him, hey, I'm getting this deal done with Baltimore. It's just look at the the facts as they stand right now. Somebody could swoop in with an offer sheet after the draft. The Ravens have been doing due diligence on other quarterbacks in the draft. But unless Lamar works on an offer sheet with another team, his options are going to be either holdout which seems unlikely, not impossible, because he surprised us at many junctures in this whole thing, or go back and play in Baltimore. Now he has something that there's been a lot of discussion externally about why has Lamar never had a number one receiver. You have that now. And, yes, Odell is obviously, you know, the last few years have been a bumpy ride, to say the least. But, again, I go back to look at that first quarter and change in that game in the Super Bowl and watch Odell play. Watch what he was doing that entire playoffs after he joined the Rams. He looked like Odell. That's what they're betting on. They are betting on the sell with Lamar. And Lamar was part of selling Odell on coming to Baltimore, even though the Ravens have not yet sold Lamar that he's going to be back. Tom Pelissaro here on the Rich Eisen Show. So prior to the signing, having you on, I was going to ask you about your interview with John Harbaugh at the owners meeting that you you conducted for our, our network um, done on the day that he spoke 
that uh, at the owners' meeting, ass in chair, just as thumb hit send from Lamar Jackson on the the, the announcement that he's requested a trade from the Ravens. And now with the signing and what you just said, Tom, are you saying that when you interviewed John Harbaugh on that day and John sat down in front of the whole media saying, hey, you know, he's asked for a trade, that he knew he was in the Ravens were going to meet with Odell Beckham Jr. and knew that Lamar had already talked to Odell and Odell was talking to Lamar and that Lamar, despite having asked for a trade on March 2nd, was already, you know, talking to everybody uh, and thus the door wasn't obviously complete shut. Uh, like we were all maybe thinking it was. Um, and the whole notion that Lamar um, would hold out or not show up because he's so angry with everything that goes on, if it was still going on uh, into the summer, could get fixed if they could get Odell Beckham Jr. in the fold. Like that was all happening as you were talking to John Harbaugh? Huh? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Which and is why, which is why he was so chill with you. I mean, he was so chill with you. And that's so, well, you know. Yeah, there, there's been real uncertainty. Okay, there's been real uncertainty for the Ravens through the course of this offseason. It's why they did due diligence as well on free agent quarterbacks um, back you know a month or so ago. It's why they continue to work through it with the draft QBs because it, Lamar is is a different guy. I think that everyone who has observed this saga understands that, and he also, it's well documented, does not have an agent. So there is a bit of chaos theory that comes into play here because the way that Lamar has operated through the process does not follow what you would conceive to be the normal steps or the logical steps in a negotiation that goes back, remember, Rich, a couple of years here. The Ravens have been trying to get this done for a while, and no matter what anybody wants to believe, they have offered him at or near the top of the quarterback market. It's just not been the fully guaranteed structure that Lamar has been wanting, which is something that only two quarterbacks, uh, Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins, have gotten in recent NFL history on a uh, deal of several years or more. So to the extent that John Harbaugh was taken aback at that breakfast, and he held it together for those 30 minutes as well. I mean, he did the same thing and spoke with a smile on his face and talked confidently about Lamar. When I sat down with him that afternoon – and we talked about other things uh, because, you know, I think that there, there were, there's more to this offseason than more to the Ravens than Lamar Jackson, even though that's obviously a driving force in it. But I asked him, okay, I assume you've had time to read the tweets now. Because what he had at the breakfast was just a reporter going, hey, Lamar tweeted that he wants to trade. Your thoughts? That was how John Harbaugh found out the tweet was out there. Uh, and I just said, have you reached out to him? And he said, no, because I don't think that's the coach's place right now. And I'm paraphrasing here, but it was more or less, this is all part of the negotiation. This is all part of the business thing. If Lamar is under center in purple, he's going to be going 100%. And that's what, that's what John Harbaugh said. And remember, Rich, back in, in January, their postseason press conference, and John had said is 200% chance Lamar is going to be back. We want him here. He wants to be here. I asked him, is that still true? And, you know, the answer wasn't, completely direct, which I don't blame John Harbaugh for, because again, you're, you're trying to read into the thoughts and the tactics of a player who's doing this his own way. And Lamar's done everything his own way through the course of his career. You go back to not hiring an agent, coming out of college, mm-hmm. having his mom as his advisor, 
his pre-draft process was a little bit unusual when it came to um, setting up visits and things like that. Um, he has largely bypassed all the normal marketing deals and everything else, which you would think a player of his stature and his accomplishments as a former NFL MVP would be the face of all kinds of different Fortune 500 companies and shoes and everything else. You know, Lamar has, we now know, is an investor in a, uh, a little gym <laughs> in a suitcase that's going to be unveiled this summer. He has a unisex cologne. He has a soul food restaurant. That's he has a children's book. Like that's kind of what he's done on the business side with his career. In other words, and I think I've said this to you before, Rich, there's something refreshing about someone who doesn't think of money the way that we all generally do in society, and certainly NFL players do. On the flip side of that, he's put so much money out the door at this point that you know there there may not be a bottom line here. It ends up being a lot of contract negotiations, the bottom line. Hey, this is the best we're going to do right now. Do we take the best deal possible? We've spent weeks or months or, in Lamar's case, years working on this. Do we take this deal now or do we bet on ourselves? And you take on all the injury risk. You lose out on the time value of money. You know that the salary cap is only going up, so the same dollar tomorrow is not as valuable as it was yesterday. And in a lot of cases, especially when it's a second contract, agents are going to advise players if it's if it's a market standard contract even if you didn't get everything you wanted to you're protecting your downside by taking that deal lamar's not protected his downside in any way in any of this and so again it's hard to judge anything going on with lamar right now by anything other than his actions and the most recent actions we have with lamar are continuing to negotiate with the ravens being an active participant in the recruitment, successful recruitment, of Odell Beckham Jr. And Lamar tweeting out, right after something about his soul food restaurant being closed on Easter, tweeting out the photo from him FaceTiming Odell right after the deal got done. You would look at all that and say, as you put it, Rich, well, Odell must know something. I think that everybody is reading Lamar's actions here, but in terms of is something done, has Lamar given up on doing an offer sheet someplace else? Is this all over? Lamar's back in the Ravens uniform. It was never over in the first place that Lamar was gone, regardless of what he tweeted. Now we're just in a place where, yeah, the Ravens have paid $15 million, maybe $18 million to give him something that you would certainly think that he wanted in Odell Beckham Jr. Let's now see what, if any, impact that has on negotiations that have not seemed to be impacted by a whole lot over the past couple of years. Tom Pelissero, a few minutes left with my colleague from the NFL Network, NFL Insider, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's the holdup on Jets' Aaron Rodgers? Is it just Brian Gutekunst thinking uh, the the two that's on the table from Joe Douglas might magically turn into a one if they just uh, hold Braveheart style all the way to the end uh, of the draft, uh, even on, into Friday night, go through Thursday night with nothing? happening is that really the way that Gutekunst is playing it or there's a, oh, another holdup that I don't we're, we're unaware of what do you got there just hasn't really been a, a pressure point yet Rich the next one's going to be that week of the draft because the moment you go beyond this draft now if the Packers say we're not taking the best offer from the Jets you're downgrading your pick by a year by pushing them out into 24 and 25 instead of 23 and 24 mm-hmm. so the Jets to a certain degree, have the leverage right up until the draft. If you get beyond the draft, 
now you're into a completely new phase of all this. So uh, they're not totally on different pages right now. There were multiple discussions at the league meetings between Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst. I think that there's an acknowledgement on everybody's front, and I, I was in on that small media gathering with Gutekunst where we talked to him for about a half hour. I've obviously seen the quotes from Joe Douglas most recently saying he's going to be here. Uh, Woody Johnson cautiously optimistic about that scenario as well. Everybody wants the same thing. I think that that's, that's the part you can't lose here. This is not a they're at odds and – it's not It's not in this regard the Brett Favre saga from 2008 where Favre wanted to come back and play for the Packers, and the Packers, in essence, said it's too late. You know, as Mike McCarthy once said, the train had left the station. In this case, the Jets plainly want Aaron Rodgers to be a Jet. Aaron Rodgers has said publicly he wants to be a Jet. And the Packers, as Gutekunst explained it, pivoted um, right around the time of the darkness retreat in late February, early March, where they had made many efforts to get a hold of Aaron Rodgers to try to have conversations about him. And this is something, Rich, we talked about on game day morning all the way back on Super Bowl Sunday, which was if Aaron Rodgers wanted to be a Packer, the Packers wanted him to be back subject to additional conversations about what that looks like. And that's related to the roster. That's related to game plan. That's related to all these other things to continue talking after they had had productive conversations right after the season. Those conversations never took place, as Gutekunst explained it, because Aaron Rodgers did not engage. And Gutekunst said, well, that's no, not necessarily one person's fault, but it's, it's a fairly plain message, which is that we wanted to talk to Aaron. We wanted to sit down with him and figure out if there's a path forward. Once Aaron made his tacitly made his intentions clear, we had to move on. So at this point, the Packers also want to get the best deal possible for Aaron Rodgers and move forward with Jordan Love. I tend to believe, just because there's a vested interest for everybody in this being resolved to the same end, which is Aaron Rodgers being a Jet and the Packers you know, rallying around Jordan Love, that this gets done right around the time of the draft. There's a lot of reasons for it to get done. But at the same time, uh, at this point, the Packers have had a principled stance on what they think this trade should look like. The Jets have also stood relatively firm in terms of what they think this should look like. And I know, Rich, there have been different scenarios, different structures of a trade that have been discussed. That's another part of this here. There's different ways that this can go and conditions and everything else. If we get beyond get beyond the draft, then the Jets will be in a place where, okay, Aaron can take all of his receivers and go work out in California. That's fine. We'll have basically nine on seven in OTAs here. And the Packers will go, okay, well, We'll continue dragging this out, see you around the start of training camp. I mean, that's where we go into this whole other phase where there's not a lot of precedent for any of this happening. That's why, again, it, it makes the most sense for this to get done before the draft. But the hang-up right now, Rich, is just they're not quite on the same page with the draft compensation, and they've not yet had that pressure point where anybody necessarily feels the highest level of urgency to get the deal done. Now. Right, in the couple minutes I have left, Tom Pelissero, I'm going to do a sports talk radio thing, which is I'm going to give you only choices of mine for you to choose from. Here we go. Between now and the NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals will, you got to choose one, trade DeAndre Hopkins, trade the third overall pick, do both, do neither. Those are your four choices. Between now and the NFL draft, which is two and a half weeks from the, the, the now, they'll trade DeAndre Hopkins, the third overall pick, both or neither. What do you got for me? 
I'm not big on prognosticating, Rich, but I know since that. it's you, I'll, I'll, I'll play along for a second like, here. Just grab your crystal ball that I'm sure you got at the Disney shop in Orlando. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? I think that's the only thing we didn't buy there, Rich. Nice. Um, yeah, I would say, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I would say both. Now, there's clearly not a lot of momentum yet on the Hopkins deal getting done. And in terms of the number three pick, that's going to require someone to give up the type of draft capital to make the Cardinals move out of that spot. It's one thing to drop back to number four, the Colts move up to three and take the the third quarterback off the board. It's a completely other thing to say the Cardinals are going to go down to, let's say, seven, hypothetically, mm-hmm. with the Raiders. Are you getting the same caliber of player at seven that you would at three? Uh, but again, if I had to guess, I would say both. But is anything imminent on either front? I'm not aware of that. Okay. And so tell me who loves Anthony Richardson the most. What are you hearing about that? It's a really good question, Rich. I was at that pro day, and the Raiders had spent a lot of time with him. They took him out to dinner the night before. They're bringing him in for a visit as well. And they've done a lot of diligence on the quarterbacks, which is interesting because if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's contract, it's really he's going to be the quarterback for two years. There's not a lot of outs in the deal. He's due like $50 million over two years. He's going to be there. But with Richardson, you're also getting a guy who you probably don't want to play uh, day one. I know that People are going to look at the athletic skill set and say that that is a match to Shane Steichen coming from working with a a Jalen Hurts. You get another quarterback who's really athletic, can do things outside the pocket, can do zone read, big arm, can push the football down the field. It kind of checks all those those same types of boxes. But Jalen Hurts has played a lot of football at at Alabama and Oklahoma. And Jalen Hurts' mindset is rare in terms of the seriousness with which he approaches the game. Anthony Richardson, he got really one year of tape. And he didn't really, you know, I talked to the, the head coach down there prior to the pro day who was saying, you know, he was coming off an injury. He didn't even get a normal spring. He just kind of went out there and made things happen. Uh, I've seen, you know, the comparisons to Cam Newton. He was the best player in the country. Or Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was off the charts smart and had thrown like 100 touchdown passes at Texas Tech. This is a different type of a thing here. You know, it's a, it's a classic boomer bust type of situation. I know people are going to be wowed by just the talent and you stand there and you look at him. He's a big guy. Like he's a big man. Uh, you, you know, but this is, would you normally be talking about drafting that guy at number three overall? It, it's a, it's a challenging sell from a risk standpoint, but again, it's a quarterback driven league. There's value in building around the young quarterback, especially if it's somebody who can, can be in front of him for a little bit here. It would not surprise me at all if Anthony Richardson is top five pick and maybe even number three. Thank you for taking us on Mr. Pelissero's wild ride, Tom. Greatly appreciate it, sir. <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks, Rich. Anytime. Tom Pelissero. Follow him on Twitter. I do. He's must follow. No shout out for the boys. It's okay. There's too much, too much going on. I know, but he could have snuck it in at the end there. Okay. You need a hug? You want to hug it out? Maybe. Take a break. <laughs> We're back. This is not the Timberwolves huddle. (laughs) There's a lot of love here. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. I don't, I don't know what to make of what the Mavericks did Friday night. Oh, I mean, pretty easy. I know they didn't want to. They, they didn't. They didn't want to give their draft choice to the Knicks. It was protected yeah. if it's in the top ten, yeah. and they were sitting there at ten. If they made the playoffs, they'd be in a play-in game. They'd probably be on the road twice. They wouldn't have a home game. If they just snuck in, they would have a chip and a chair, to use a poker phrase. But they've got Luka Doncic, and they've got Kyrie Irving, and they had the sixth seed when they made the trade. And they looked like they were a team that could go on a run and get back to the conference finals as they did last year. I totally understand what they did and why they did it, and I just think it absolutely stinks that they did it. And I think the NBA saying that they're going to investigate what happened, I mean, <laughs> I'll be a witness. I just told you what happened. Yeah, like, what, what are, are you investigating? Yeah, yeah. And who cares if they find them? Like, Mark Cuban's just going to scratch a check. But it's not just that, too. It's just like, so why aren't you investigating the Blazers? I took my son to a Clipper-Blazers game Saturday, and Coop is as locked in on the NBA as possible. He's 12. We're walking into the game. He goes, will Damian Lillard play today, Dad? No. As a matter of fact, he hasn't played in weeks. Is he hurt? Nope. Nope. And the Blazers had back-to-back games this weekend against the Clippers, who were the five seed. And, you know, the Lakers, if they had any hopes of getting out of the play-in tournament, they needed the Clippers to lose. And you could say to the Lakers, then you shouldn't have lost to the Clippers when you played them. Play better. Totally get it. The Warriors, the sixth seed. The Blazers played the five seed and the sixth seed in the Western Conference standings, back-to-back games. And the Warriors put 55 on the Blazers in front of their home fans in the first quarter on Sunday, essentially ending any concept of the Warriors dropping all the way into the playing tournament. I took a photograph of the starting five for the Blazers on the board for the clip uh, in, uh, in crypto. Shaden Sharp has been a revelation since he's gotten some run. Kevin Knox, the second, had a double-double. He scored over 30 points and 10 rebounds, and they made a game of it for the first half. But the second half was a blowout. 
I mean, is this is this what? And again, this conversation is going to go away. The playing game features LeBron James against the Timberwolves team that fought it out in their huddle to the point where Rudy Gobert might be left home for the playoffs. Although he did apologize to his teammates for throwing a punch at Kyle Anderson. And, you know, God bless Woj. He got the full transcript of what Anderson said. He said some magic words at Rudy Gobert. (laughs) But to merit a a thrown punch. This is all going to go away when the playoffs hit. I mean, Warriors-Kings is going to be great. Clippers-Sun is going to be great. This playoffs is going to be great. But let's not forget a Western Conference Finals team pulled the plug on their team, still with an opportunity to win a playoff spot because they didn't want to give up a draft choice that was protected if it finished in the top 10. And woe to the Mavericks. I mean, if it's if one of the teams below them hits the lottery somehow and wins a spot in the top three, right? then the Mavericks go from 10th to 11th and the Knicks get that draft choice anyway. So they could have tanked for nothing. Tanks for nothing, to use a phrase from Caddyshack. They could tank for nothing. And then that would be the... Would that be if this does happen in in the lottery? And even if it doesn't, one of the worst flameouts of a team that blew up their roster to acquire somebody to make everybody think they can go on a run, Luka and Kyrie together... They flame like um, when when Kyrie left the arena the first night he played and they won and he's hanging out man of the people with all the Mavs fans who are like hey love you you love us we love you total love fest if you had told me that night they would pull the plug on the the team the final Friday of the season to save themselves a draft choice because they it had gone so poorly that they fell out of the playoffs I'd have told you you're nuts one of the worst flameouts in the history of a deadline trade for a team that made the conference finals the year before with so many hopes. And this is what the NBA now has teams pulling the plug and pulling the plug on a premier player. Luca Luca said Sunday, he still didn't like it. I don't like it. I guess he should have played better. Is that the answer? I don't know. I think he was an MVP candidate. I Holy mean, he did, cow. He did all he could do. They sent a bunch of good players to Brooklyn for Kyrie and they fall out of the playoffs and pull the plug on the season. With games to go, because it was better for them to keep the draft choice or go into the lottery still holding on to the draft choice, that's basically the choice, than to try and win basketball games to get in a play-in tournament, knock Oklahoma. Oklahoma City lost the first overall pick in the draft, Chet Holmgren, and they made it over the Mavs. What a disaster. Isn't that what uh, Windhorse called it? A roster-building nightmare? Disaster? So the Oklahoma City Thunder chose first overall, lost the guy, didn't even get a single second out of him on the floor in the season, and they make the playoffs, and the Mavs pull the plug to make sure let you, you go. You go. Honestly. It's an it's embarrassing. You walk in the Shark Tank to sell that. Cuban would normally be out on that. 
What the hell happened in Dallas is the headline. Hour two, overreaction Monday, and Dama can sue in studio.